0: Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Is there a sound effect there, Packer? I'm Mike A. Race. I'm joined by Jacob Myers, our fine crew beat writer here at the dispatch. Please go to dispatch.com. The man fills his lane at that website. Anything you want to know about the crew is in there, including the latest news, and we'll get to that in just a second. Today is the third of June. My goodness, it's June already, 2021. Um, and uh, at the controls is Patrick Flaherty, our producer. I'm Mike a as I might have, or might not have mentioned. I'm getting doddering in my old age, uh, but I plow forward. Jacob, we have two games to talk about off the top. I guess if we want to get right to the to the on-field stuff. The Crews won their last two. They've scored four goals. I think going back to not the latest game, but the one previous to that, That was uh, at New York City FC. And uh, to my eye, I think it
1: might be summarized as uh, the Lucas L. and Eloy room show. No, that's exactly what it was. I mean, I think people did it one time before I believe his first year, maybe a second year when he was uh, with the crew getting two free kicks, uh, free kick goals in one game. I was there in Newark for that game. It was something special. It was the first moment i've had since the start of the pandemic where you know you're in a stadium and everyone just kind of collectively goes oh like i cannot believe what what i just saw and that that was kind of the reaction i had as well i i thought he was too close honestly
0: well uh and and they needed him uh it seems like um they've been in this stretch where you know i was just doing the math which is not my specialty but uh you know since um through that game, uh, or the previous game on the sixteenth, uh, one nothing loss uh, to New, New England um, uh, up there in, in New England. Um, uh, but from from that point back to um, the start of the season, it was uh, nine games in thirty nine days, and beginning on the uh, beginning on April fifteenth through May sixteenth. Uh, eight games in 32 days. You've talked and written a lot about that. And, and finally, there's this uh, breather, which will be augmented augmented by an international window here. Um, uh, and then when they really need something, Zeller Ryan does something special, you know, and, and Eleg Room equally sharp, uh, but Zeller Ryan did something special. So now uh, a week later uh, on Saturday uh here at uh what they call the historic crew stadium now, the old rector set uh was a a feel good win like okay they're back um it was a huge Trillium cup game huge Trillium cup game um and and they got a measure of revenge uh, against toronto um, is that was that kind of the feeling like oh here we are
1: De- definitely I was skeptical that they would take I think they you get a win, any team gets a win like they had against New York City FC, especially on the road. And the immediate narrative is, okay, is this kind of the turning point? Is this where things start to click? And I was skeptical of that. That's um, an excellent
0: point because like, just a week later, it, it felt like that. It's like, wow, okay, there it was. It,
1: absolutely. And, and I was pleasantly surprised with just how well they executed that game plan against Toronto. It seemed like they were very content with really driving forward off of the counterattack move Santos to left back. And he had his best game of the season uh, that didn't necessarily surprise me because they really need some service from that side. Ever since Milton Valenzuela went out with an injury and the hope is he returns along with Kevin Molino in that first game back after this break uh, on June 19th against Chicago. But Santos gave him exactly what I think Porter envisioned when they put him there, a great cross to Josie Zardes got him on the board. And, you know, Sanch also just saw Luis Diaz, uh, between two defenders who were high and said, go, go run and and get it. And, uh, Wiley coyote was, uh, left in the dust. So yeah, I, I think it was just exactly what the doctor ordered for the crew going into this break for sure.
0: It was like in the first, first half of that game, uh, that team was recognizable as, as the powerful team that, that they are built to be. Uh, that, that was my feeling. I'm sure the fans are quite happy about that. Um, uh, Luis Diaz um, and, uh, and Zardes had the early goals in that game on Saturday against Toronto. Um, Diaz, subsequently a knee injury. Would you just fill us in on the latest there, Jacob?
1: Yeah, so he got called into camp for Costa Rica for the CONCACAF Nations League. They're supposed to play tonight, we're recording Thursday, against Mexico. And he suffered what the national team disclosed as a right knee injury and had an MRI which confirmed it. That was all that was said as a right knee injury. I got a statement from the club that just essentially said, we'll evaluate him when he returns to Columbus and provide an update. After that, Caleb Porter is supposed to talk on Friday, which I'm sure he'll give an update immediately. You see knee, you see MRI goes back, uh, goes back home. Uh, the mind goes to the worst injury and that would certainly be a massive blow. It's, it's tough to find. I don't think you really would find, uh, more players that you, you can count on one hand, the number of players who are as quick as Luis Diaz or have comparable speed. Certainly, giving getting Kevin Molino back will, will be very, very helpful for the crew. But if you have Molino, Etienne, who played well as what well, and in the game against Toronto, Diaz, uh, Matan should continue to get better. More time he has, I mean, that is Santos. That, that's a deep, deep group, and, and without Diaz, uh, they might have to uh, tweak some things offensively to get to get things going.
0: Well, again, the feel good part of it is. Um uh two goals in each of the past two games, and that's after let's see one, two, three, four, four uh four clean sheets for the crew in their first uh uh five games um uh and now a little production um what 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 has the coach done with with the offense uh which was sorely lacking uh earlier this season
1: what he's continued to say, and he has said this kind of the last two years he's been in Columbus is when they have time to train, uh, certainly guys were hurt. Like our tour has been banged up all year. Yeah, They have, they have time for rest. They have time to train. Uh, they're going to be better. And there has been a progression. I, I think a coach is always going to say that and, and try to uh, project optimism about his team. But you know, it, it has come true and, and dating back to the start of the 2020 season. They've lost one game when they've had time, like six days in between games. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's borne out to be to be true. But certainly in that second half, there there's plenty of areas where they can still improve. What Porter said is uh, that before the game, he said the floodgates will open soon. And he kind of caught himself in the postgame press conference, said, I thought they opened a bit today. I wanted three or four goals. Uh, they have to be able to kill the game. So. I think that's the next part of this evolution is just getting that third or fourth goal, especially when you put in Bradley Wright Phillips, that that's a spot you want him to just bag a goal. And he was in some decent spots and Toronto played well in the second half. So there's two ways I look at it is crew needs to finish some, some more chances at the same time, they were able to kill a game and get three points.
0: We should mention here that Kyle Robertson uh, is on assignment. He's out at the Memorial and uh, couldn't join us today. Um, which is a drag, but uh, we move forward. Uh, the crew's now moved above the, the playoff line in the Eastern Conference. They're 3-3-2 three, three, and two, uh, for 11 points. Um, just very quickly down the ladder, beginning at the top, the Revolution 17 points, they're plus four. Um, Philadelphia 14, Orlando 12, New York City in fourth place with 11 points, Montreal, the crew in sixth place with 11 points, um, Nashville with 11 points, and below the line, uh, Atlanta with 10 points and going on down to 14th place Cincinnati with four points in a league worst uh, minus nine differential. Um, uh, so a little breathing room. Now the schedule starts to uh, ease um, uh, their next game is, is June 19th. And that opens a stretch of, of games where, um, you know, we have some fans here that are going to want to hang on to their ticket stubs. I guess you could say, uh, Uh, The next game is Saturday, June 19th, home against Chicago, um, one of the oldest rivals uh, that the crew have. uh, And that is the last game at Old Crew Stadium. Has anyone talked about that yet uh, from the team, Jacob, in terms of of what it means? I mean, obviously, the player's job is to play. Um, Caleb has hung around here on and off for years uh, when he was up at Akron. Um, and kind of has and has a good idea of what what the old stadium means. I know you're going to start uh, collecting more stuff as we get closer to the game. Um, we're going to have a section, I believe, in the works. Um, uh, but what is is there any any bubbling of any talk about playing that last game in the cruise Stadium from from the team itself?
1: Yeah, Caleb Porter has won three championships at the stadium too. Portland, the crew, and then as an assistant at Indiana, he won a college cup here too. So a lot of history there. Um, I have not gotten any, I actually talked to Tim Bezbachenko this morning and, um, did not ask him about this stuff, but certainly I'll have to find a time to do that. Uh, that'll be something when, when I uh, return from vacation this next week to really hammer of course, home. His, but
0: his family was, uh, original season ticket holders. And, uh, he tells the funny story about, uh uh, his prom, his prom, about the day of his prom yes. from at the sales when when um, he was in the in the uh, in the stadium in his talks with his girlfriend before she finally <laughs> like when the game was finally salted away in the second half she was like all right it's time time to go I mean <laughs> well Porter might have to
1: do that because he said earlier this year that uh, the game is on his wedding anniversary with his oh. wife so. <laughs> oh, uh, but, but yeah, it's, it's going to be sentimental for not just a few of these players. Like I think of a Josh Williams who has just bled black and gold since he's been here, a Cleveland guy. Um, I wonder what a, a Will Trapp in, in Minnesota right now kind of thinks of it. And, you know, there's a litany of former players as well, uh, are still around who it'll be sentimental for. But Bezbachenko's certainly a guy I think who can relate to when that stadium opened, what it, meant for the city and just the sport in America writ large and and what this kind of next chapter means now.
0: Right. We'll get more into that, uh, in the weeks to come prior to the 19th here, or the days to come, I should say. Uh, but that opens a stretch where you put a star next to that game as the last game at the old crew stadium. Uh, then they're at Philadelphia. Um, arguably the best team in the league, uh, the only MLS team still standing um, in the CONCACAF Champions League. Um, just as an aside, uh, first leg of the semifinals, August 12th, they're playing America uh, second leg in mid-September. And uh, on the other half of the draws, Monterey, um, who crew fans know well. And kind of crushed the team's confidence here for a little while in Columbus, but Monterey versus Cruz Azul. Um, in any case, if at Philadelphia on Wednesday the 23rd. Uh, and then um, on FS1, uh, they'll play at Austin on uh, June 27th at 8 o'clock. Um, we don't have to get into what that means right now. Um, probably more to the fans and the players. Um, but a lot of Crew South members down there in Austin, coaches, players, and so forth. Uh, forget the front office. And then on the July 3rd, the first game in the new stadium, and there's there's news on that. Jacob, we had a story. I think Jim Weicker wrote it about the painting of the smokestack at the uh, at the electric plant, which was pretty cool. But uh, you reported yesterday that uh, they're hoping for full attendance there as well. I mean, I'm kind of jumping ahead here. Or what you reported was for the last game, there's going to be they're going to allow a full
1: sellout. Yep, on back June to, 19th. Yep, yeah. yeah, back to full capacity and. It was kind of funny. I think I saw probably four or five, if not more, announcements from MLS teams, uh, including like LAFC and Seattle Sounders yesterday, that said they're going back to full capacity. So it seems like the whole league is kind of going back to it almost a year after they started the season again with that MLS's back tournament. So it's kind of strange how full circle that's going. But yeah, it's June 19th. Anyone who wanted to get out, I have already talked to, some supporters who haven't been to a game since the March 1st game that was the last full capacity game at Crew Stadium. So anyone who wants to send off that final stadium there, they're allowed to. And they haven't made an official announcement yet on full capacity or able to be at full capacity for the launch of the new stadium on July 3rd. But like, come on, we, we all know now this sets the table that they, they can do it. And, and I'm sure an announcement will come here soon. Maybe it's already out. By the time people listen to this podcast. But yeah, so that kind of answers the question I think we all had all along is will they be able to open at full capacity when the stadium opens and it appears that they will do so.
0: The last tailgate on June 19th, at the old fairgrounds first game, July 3rd in the new stadium, that'll be on ESPN. Uh, And then they go down a week later to play at Cincinnati in their new stadium as well.
1: Right, and that move from July seventh to July 9th, it was a Wednesday game, and now it's a Friday game. I thought maybe they would do that for national television, but I'm not exactly sure why that was moved. But uh,
0: that that could it change. Was. But as of right now, it's it's not on national TV. But the Austin games on a- FS1, and and uh, the game, the first game in the new Cruise Stadium uh, on July third against the Revolution is on ESPN. So. And that's not the only thing opening. Of course, it's been a soft opening of the new uh, training center. Um, and But there will be more, I guess you'd put in air quotes, official opening
1: of that uh,
0: training center uh, on, the, on the old
1: fairground site. Yeah, June 9th, uh, Wednesday, is they're having the quote unquote ribbon cutting ceremony, although they're moving equipment from OBETS this weekend. Uh, into that facility, and they'll have their first training session on Monday. I got a tour of it on Wednesday with uh, Director of Player Personnel Isatol, and it is uh, much different from OBETS, uh, we we can say, and it's actually physically connected to the stadium. So uh, actually what I had learned is after this final game, June 19th, at Cruise Stadium, and I'll, I'll write about this, it'll be in a story on Dispatch.com next week, is they're ripping up the... Grass and putting down turf, and by this winter they'll have like a pressurized, temperature-controlled bubble, if you will, dome around the field, so they can train there in the winter. One of the fields at the training facility is also temperature-controlled, so it won't freeze up like Obetz does in the late fall or the winter. So I guess no more uh, trainings at Super Kick up in up in Pal for the team. They can actually train at their facility, uh, but it's it's pretty impressive. Uh, there is a lot in there from. Their own kind of kitchen to the plenty of space for the academy crew two, uh, which it'll be not the Roman numerals. Actually, there's a name now. So it's crew with the, the number two. But there's space for that a very large locker room for the first team. There's a theater in there for watching film. Uh, rest and recovery rooms, a, a player's lounge, just about anything you think of when you think of kind of a modern training facility.
0: Yeah, well, as as uh, dated as Obets is, uh, much like uh, the old Crew Stadium, it was, it was a first in the game. It was the first uh, team training facility in MLS. So new eras in the offing coming up here in June and July. We're now joined from... Out of the wilderness with a special guest, the -the off-the-grid, grumpy old man, Sean Mitchell. One of the great Twitter follows in the nation, especially if you're uh, grumpy, old, and want to remove yourself from society. That's Shecky218. Now, only approved followers can uh, follow Shecky218, but uh, who knows? Maybe he'll let you in to his camper
2: world. Sean Mitchell, ladies and gentlemen, Sean, when, when did you cover the crew? I covered the crew. Let's see, 2006 through 2011, 12, right in there. Right. Uh, and, and then a couple years
0: years uh, on the blue jackets and then. Yeah. Uh, and
2: yeah then... Back to the crew in uh, 14, well, 15, really the, the run to their, to the second uh, MLS cup championship game. Yeah. So two stints.
0: Yeah, yeah, with with two championship games. One win, one loss. And and I'm sure you were following uh last December in their third championship game appearance. Were you?
2: Oh absolutely. Absolutely. Now I, I can't say uh, you know, we were in the uh in the wilds of the uh uh you know of the wilderness in Wyoming for much of last uh, last year, but uh the run to uh certainly the playoff run in the championship game was just was just a joy to watch. I mean that was uh that was a lot of fun. And, and now
0: Sean, just for more background, um he left the dispatch, what, six years ago? Uh 2016. I departed. Yeah. That's that's correct. And and sold everything and, and got lost in America with his lovely wife Erin. Uh and still out there now. I think he's somewhere in the upper Midwest, um, uh doing some gig economy. Uh uh inspecting gas lines or something like that in Milwaukee. Um, uh, Where where to after Milwaukee before we get down to the nitty-gritty shot? Uh,
2: Honestly, we don't know. Uh, We're going to be in Milwaukee for for maybe the next few weeks, and uh, this company we're working for, they're going to send us somewhere, most likely in the Mountain West, but we don't know exactly where yet. So, um, you know, we'll we'll wait and find out. Hopefully uh... it's not, uh, you know, uh, well – if you can't say anything nice we'll just, we will just not say anything.
0: Sean, you were around for the first rebranding and I'm curious uh about your thoughts of the latest rebranding.
2: Wow. Uh <laughs> they're probably in line with with everybody else's. Uh, you know, I, I it was jaw dropping. I mean, I just didn't it, it, it was unnecessary. Uh it was you know, just that one of the more hand-fisted things I've seen and, and, you know, covering that team since those six, you know, I saw a lot of ridiculous uh, decisions made by management, by ownership, previous management, previous ownership. I really thought that, that this group they had in place was, uh, was finally, finally after 20, you know, 25 years, um, they really had some sharp folks, and then uh, it, you know, and then I got slapped back into reality. I think when when I saw this this attempted rebrand, uh, just you know, it, it just made zero zero sense. Uh, the timing of it, the the the, the execution of it, uh, you know, the <laughs> the the actual logos and and uh, the crest, I, yeah, it was just uh, to me it was a disaster.
0: Well, they did backtrack uh some credit there they they listened The people had to rise up again um uh now you you covered you covered the comparable Scalotto uh in his prime uh and you were there uh at the 2008 cup game uh and and uh when he when he was mvp um you know Sean, have you been able to see lucas della
2: Absolutely, and and certainly that performance in in the MLS Cup Championship game. I mean, that's when you know, from someone who, who who watches from afar and doesn't watch very closely, it was that it was that championship game where my you know, I mean my my jaws dropped open, and I'm sitting there thinking, this guy, I mean, this guy's the real the real deal. He's he's uh, you know, the league is so much better now that. You don't see it uh, as when, you know, watching Scaletto's first few games, you kind of, you could tell immediately, this guy's on a whole nother level. Uh, thinking, yeah. This guy's on a different plane. He's playing a different game uh, than his teammates at the time in 2007. Uh, you know, you don't see that as much from, from, from Zellerion, but it's because the league is so much better than it was back then. But but you can tell this guy's a special player. He's a game changer. Uh you know, I I, I I not following him closely. It's my understanding he can he can kind of disappear occasionally. But I mean, my gosh, that, you know this guy's a big game performer, and you could you could tell.
0: Now, Sean, the uh, crew is entering a new era uh, with the rebranding, uh, uh, re rebranding, re re rebranding. Jacob, how many brandings do we have
1: here going so far? Well, there was the. You could say it a couple of ways. It was a D brand and then a rebrand of the D brand. Uh, but so far they're on two, and you know I have a counter in my room, and I'm I'm ready to tally it up.
0: Now, but, but Sean, where I'm going here is uh, O'Bets. Um, they're packing it up uh, and moving it to a new training facility on the grounds of the the old erector set there. Um, they're having a, a public grand opening, um, you know, with, in, within the next 10 days. Uh,
1: when is that, June 9th, uh, Jacob? The, they're opening up. The faci- first training session is Monday the 7th, and the right. 9th is like a ceremony, yeah. Okay.
0: So, Sean, they're moving out of Obetz, and they're moving into a new stadium as well. Uh, the first game there is is uh, July the 3rd. Um, so, Sean, the last game in the Old Crew Stadium is June 19th. Are you gonna get in the camper and drive up here for that tailgate?
2: Uh no, I I won't be doing that. Uh you know, it'd be great to be there. I mean, I'd love to 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 be a part of that that send off. Uh what what a history you know you know, Ziggy Schmidt used to always say he he wanted to see he hoped Crusadium became the Lambo field of MLS. Now I don't know that it ever reached, you know, I mean it's just not the history's not there. But the, you know i i got what he was saying he was saying this place should be you know that, that sort of that old uh, Hallowed you know job. The, yeah. absolutely and and uh and i think you know i mean the history of soccer in this nation is not you know for for what we have it's hard to point to somewhere else uh you know that that, that fits the bill any better um you know Cruise stadium itself it's it was a great place to watch a game i mean did it have the bells and whistles of, of, of what the new stadium's going to have and what a lot of other stadiums that have followed in its footsteps has? Absolutely not. I mean, it's a bunch of bleacher seats, and, you know, the thing was thrown up. As you said, it was the erector set. You know, Lamar Hunt threw this thing up, and and, and but it's hard to complain uh, about, uh, uh, you know, watching soccer there. It was great. It was fine. Uh, you know, you go, you tailgate. I mean, yes, there's not an entertainment district around there, but, you know you it's a whole it's a different animal it's a tailgating kind of place um you know being here in Milwaukee uh they have uh, Miller Park which is now American Family Field where the Brewers play it's the same thing you go and tailgate there's nothing around there it's a bunch of parking lots but it's it's that vibe it's a tailgating kind of place and i think Crew stadium was the same thing it it, it got that reputation and my god at the, the New Mexico games and and a lot of other national team games uh, important games, uh, the amount played there and the success that the U.S. had there. Um, you know, what, what, you know, I got nothing but good things to say about Cru Stadium.
0: Now let, let me ask you this about both Obets and Cruz Stadium. If, 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 if I were to say Sean Obets, what pops into your head? Do you have any good stories? Uh, okay. now, now, you know, one There's thing I remember, I remember you talking about uh, walking uh, walking beyond uh, to the east east and southeast of, of the grounds in Obetz with Dr. P many, many years ago.
2: Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Well, I'm trying to remember. You know, I wish I had better and more stories about Obetz but the fact is that, and this is a, this is a, this is a, you know, inside baseball here, but you know, the, the amount of access we got as, as, as media members was lacking to say the least. And I, I assume that's still the case. It may be even worse, worse now, it's such it's is worse. the way of the world. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you don't have as many of those great stories as you wish you had, just because even the media is not, you know, I mean, we didn't have great access. Uh, under any coach in any era, there, uh, you know. So, um, you know, you're grateful for what you do see, but uh, <laughs> there's there's a few stories. You know what gets me? You know, here's here's one of the and, and we we saw this. I was in Wrigley Field last weekend, and we're watching batting practice, and the amount of guys out, you know, uh, taking outfield and 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 tossing and whatever, and, and just totally oblivious to these screaming line drives that are that are you know missing their head by inches. And and the amount of errant soccer balls that were kicked all over Obets during lulls in practice, before practice, uh, you know, I mean, there's there's just line drives coming everywhere. And uh, I know for a fact there was more than one concussion that resulted from that, from just screwing around, kicking balls. And uh, so when you do get access, keep your head up. Uh, but that's one thing that stood out to me is like, you know, you guys got pay attention here. You know, it's just this nonchalant. Uh, you know uh reaction or non-reaction or or just not even paying attention to the amount of soccer balls flying through the air out
0: there how many are in all... the woods how many are in the wood shop oh, oh
1: we oh were my talking God. about that the other day i bet you could find the original mls logo on some of those balls back there. <laughs>
2: <Right>. <laughs> well absolutely and and uh what a weird uh thing that's become with the fortress obets back there and the speedway's gone and uh you know, OBEX has its own, uh, it's a whole nother world down there, but anyway. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And lastly, Cruise Stadium. Um, When I say that, and it's not going to close, I mean, Jacob, uh, can you just quickly go over how that's going to be repurposed all around?
1: Yeah. I mean, they're going to have some games there, probably some high school stuff, and as well as the the cruise Reserve team, maybe the Academy team, but their plan is to rip up the grass after the final game, put in turf, and they're going to put kind of a what you see a lot of NFL teams have that temperature controlled dome so uh they can actually train there in the winter Sean and they don't have to go to super kick anymore
2: oh, that's that's good to hear that's great to hear yeah i really like the the you know repurposing uh you know that stadium and the whole grounds there and and what they're doing and i mean you know that would be a fine place to now Hold the high school football finals there or, or you know, it, it should truly be a multi purpose thing. I don't know if that's in the plans, but, you know, I, I'd love to see that, you know, really make it a, a, an asset and, and that goes beyond soccer. All right. That's Sean. But Sean, you got anything else before we let you go? I
0: know you got to get back to work.
2: No, I just, you know, we, we've been fortunate enough to get back to Columbus a little bit here over the last couple of years here and there. And, uh, the city just, it, it's growing by leaps and bounds. You know, it's parts almost unrecognizable, the amount of construction cranes and things we're seeing. And, and I'm, you know, it's thrilled to see this new stadium going up. You know, when Cruise Stadium, uh, when, uh, the new stadium is there and you've got Nationwide and you've got Huntington Park and you You've got something really special in Columbus, Ohio, in that arena district. Um, And and I just hope folks don't take that for granted. And, and, uh, you know, it's just great to see the city really blowing up, for lack of a better term. All right. That's Sean Mitchell somewhere. Sean, where did you put the camper in Milwaukee? (laughs) Believe it or not, it's it's parked in the middle of the city uh, in the... uh, you know, the, the State Fair Park here is not is not unlike the the State Fairgrounds in Columbus, ah. as far as uh, proximity to downtown and the neighborhood around it. And there's a uh, there's an RV park right in the right in the uh, in the fairground. So we're right in the city. We're parked on a you know baking hot asphalt lot, which is not. You know, uh, typically not what we want to be doing, but we do need to be in the city, and it's kind of refreshing to be back in a in a big city that I'm not too familiar with, and you know, get to go to some ball games and and explore a little bit, and uh, you know, as we come out of this pandemic, there's you know, there's a, there's a lot more to do, and it's it's I'm we're enjoying Milwaukee so far for sure. All right, that's Sean Sean Mitchell, a former dispatch staffer, former crew
0: beat writer, former jackets beat writer, uh, among many other things, somewhere in America. You never know where at any given moment. Smitchy, be good. Say hey to Aaron. Thanks
2: for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. It was uh, it was great talking to you. All right, peace, Smitchy. Take hey, care. Aaron, any anything else before we wind this up?
1: No, I think I think that about covers it. Wow, uh, one more game in the old director set. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be
0: that's going to be a cool atmosphere. And you know that tailgating thing. That whole scene, uh, which has been there since the stadium opened in in 99, sure, we're going to miss it. But, you know, it's like uh, I was talking to my lawyer, who's a a frequent guest on this program through the Save the Crew stuff. And uh, just the other day, he's saying, like, people are whining about parking. It's like (laughs) it's a big... It's a big city stadium in the middle of a big city. Just deal with it. And I, I sort of uh, I sort of agree with him. So one last big tailgate on the 19th. Maybe we'll get back and talk to you again prior to that game, Jacob. We'll get uh, Kyle sure. back in here. Uh, so for Jacob Myers, please go to Dispatch.com. Jacob, give him your uh, Twitter handle.
1: At underscore JC Myers. And, of course, for at the podfather 2. That is our producer,
0: Patrick Flaherty. I'm Mike A-Race. Thanks for joining us on the Soccer Speakeasy, and we'll talk to you again soon. Patrick, kick us out of here.